0: Hi, my name is Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I'm speaking today with my friend Rachel Smith, who's a holistic healer in Pacific Palisades, California. Uh, She's an only child and grew up in New York City. And I asked her what it was like going through the pandemic with her mom still in Brooklyn
1: the trials I went through getting her to stay in her house. Well, first I was trying to get her to leave town and she ended up deciding she wanted to stay in in Brooklyn. And the level to which my mother would not follow the rules at first was just amazing. And I think part of that, you know how when you watch a horror film and the monster comes. And it's not like at first everybody's like, oh, my God, look, there's a monster. At first everybody's like, what is that? And they spend enough time being like, hmm, what's going on? Let's check that out. Let's keep swimming. Let's take our bikinis off. Like whatever. <laughs> You know, they spend just enough time for then whatever the horror is to, like, come and get them. But that's a real thing, right, where you can't can't really get your brain around it. You can't get logical. Yeah. And then so finally you do and then the monster is already like as we see in this country, we acted too late in many places and so now it's like, oh, whoops, like it's already here. But I do th- I think that's a that's a that's a lizard brain thing too. I think that's a reactive like a I can't, I can't take this. I can't. And I think that everyone's managing their anxiety in very different ways. Yeah. I want to know what you're doing and how you're doing during this quarantine time. There's a part of me that,
0: and I hate to admit this, likes that we're being contained by the forces that be. I mean, I haven't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard anyone else say this, but there's just this, uh, Oh, I wish I could describe it really accurately. It's like a little kid in me that's got, you know, has been grounded, but there's a weird safety in it and a surrendering of responsibility. It's like mm-hmm. I don't I don't have to live a big, exciting, balanced life. Like I'm being told to just live in my cage and that's okay. Uh-huh. And I feel like Patty Hearst, like aligning with the Simbani's Liberation Army. Like, it's okay that I can't do anything. I'm, I'm scaling down, you know, emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically, and, and physically. And I'm sort of like that containment. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What about you? I mean, you're
1: groovy and relaxed. In December, I started experiencing anxiety again this year, in December of this year, and I couldn't figure out what was going on um because it was the first time in a long time and it was out of nowhere and i wow yeah it was very um you know to have something that you've built an entire vocation and love around you know helping mm-hmm. people to you know knowing that i'm like oh if you have anything like this i know how to handle it it's very mm-hmm. interesting to be like oh wow this is this is new, like, where is this coming from for me? And I'm, but I'm also, you know, not to get too hocus pocus, but I guess, you know, I do believe that we can feel things. And I can only believe that after, you know, 20 years of not experiencing anxiety, for me to start having these sensations in my body was some kind of an indication that something was going on. um, that was coming or whatever, because then it stopped. As students, we realized what was happening. So that's really, you mean your anxiety yeah.
0: stopped when the pandemic
1: started? It was still when it, when it came, by the time I got here, I, I really calmed down. One other very close friend who we, before this started hike together almost every morning or afternoon. And we were actually saying things to each other based on things that we were feeling in our bodies. Like, is this the end of the world? What's going on? She was experiencing a lot of depression symptoms Mm -hmm. and I was just experiencing a lot of anxiety through my body. And it was like, every part of me knew better, right? Because I have, you know, so much training, all this, you know, every part of me was like, where is this coming from? What is this feeling in my body? What's going on? And so we would say to each other, like, what is going on? Is the end of the world near? And then the minute it got, yeah, the minute it came, it got here. And you know, we were all sort of like watching China with an eyebrow raise. Mm. But I don't know anybody who was fully conscious for whatever reason. I think it's the horror movie reason. We just couldn't comprehend that. Like I remember seeing the cover. I think it was in New York times magazine where there's a picture of a woman looking out her window in Wuhan and she had been in isolation for, you know, however long. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. (laughs) Imagine how crazy that is. But the anxiety did stop once it all like when the when it all came out wow that's amazing oh my
0: god I love talking yeah. to you and I know. we we should start doing the list because we just okay. only have so much time
1: okay I was thinking about this last night even though I knew I wasn't supposed to plan but there's a house across the street from mine when it's dark or like when it's getting dark, the light through the windows of this house is so comforting to me to look at. And it just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it just makes me feel for some reason, maybe because I grew up in New York City. And like, I always was like, I wonder what it's like to live in the suburbs and be like a normal kid, you know, so now I live in like this sort of little hamlet. And so looking across the street, you just see that warm the warm light coming through Mm. the different windows, and I just feel, like, all cozy. And so I'm really grateful that that house is across Mm. the street from me.
0: I love that. It reminds me, I lived in the Berkshires in western Massachusetts for four years, and in Mm. the winter, so many people would put candles in their windows around Christmas, um, whether they were actual candles or electric candles but Mm -hmm. you go through like stockbridge massachusetts where norman rockwell had his studio and see these houses Mm -hmm. with candles in their windows and it was i mean winter's hard and winter's long but the most beautiful place Mm -hmm. i've ever spent it is in the berkshires it was great so so the berkshires
1: i where do i I want my next one to be let's have it be my mini trampoline I have Great. one of those mini trampolines that you jump on that actually our friend mm-hmm. Krishna gave me because she didn't oh. want it. she had it she didn't want it and I was like what I want a mini trampoline and it it really can change the energy around like if I'm pissed or I'm upset or anything you know or just like you just need to get going it really like I feel myself like being like oh my God thing but I'm grateful that I have my mini wow. trampoline. Thinking about your mini trampoline makes me think I would
0: just pee all over it and like free bounces. <sighs> but that's okay. That reminds me of my nieces and nephews because every summer at the cottage there's a trampoline that they've set up in the woods and they just spend all day on the trampoline. Like if the kids are bugging you or they're just cranky or, you know, hungry and lunch isn't ready, it's like go on the trampoline and all four of them go there and and bounce like crazy and this is really fun and they make they want you to like sit next to the trampoline and act like an olympic judge and we do like fake olympics and they come from fake countries and do like fake routines it's pretty great
1: amazing um i am enormously grateful for the birds we were not hearing as many birds like Mm. just in the years past and specifically this owl that lives outside of my window. And he, I don't, know, I don't know why I call him a he, but I'm assuming he's a he for some unknown reason. But he makes me so happy when I hear him at night. And he'll go away for periods of time and then come back. And I'm so grateful that just his presence, something about him is so just life-affirming for me. So I'm grateful for the birds and for my owl.
0: Wow. I want to say I'm grateful for our friend Krishna who introduced us. And just because Krishna is like one of life's greatest characters. You know, she's just really smart, really funny, and incredibly generous. She's just absolutely one of a kind.
1: Mother of five. Mother of five. Yeah. Yeah. Krishna brings me so much laughter every day on her <laughs> on her thread. So I want to be um, I keep stealing yours, so I'm going to be grateful for Krishna too. It's all right. That's the thing. That's how the list works.
0: Yeah. Gratitude begets gratitude. I'm grateful for books and I'm not a big reader. I wish I were. I feel like somewhat shamed in my family for not being a bigger reader, but just in the last week After spending so much time on screens, not only during this pandemic, but let's face it, the last decade, I picked up a David Sedaris book, and I'm just like, I'm going to go to bed reading a book, and here is David Sedaris, who is just the easiest candy-flavored pablum to take in before going to bed. Um, So yeah, books, because they shut out the rest of the world. They give you a world to step into. But you're not, like, with the Internet, once you're in the Internet, you're actually everywhere, meaning mm-hmm. you have the potential to go into any portal on Earth. But with
1: a book, it's just one portal, and mm-hmm. I like that. Mm. I'm grateful for my boyfriend, significant other, domestic life partner, Woody, what are all the words I can call him, <laughs> Um as you said before, I don't think this is necessarily the easiest thing in the world for any of us on some level. But on another level, I mean, he's just like, well, this is my dream get to come true. We get to hang out at home together all the time, you know? So to have somebody who's that positive and just that loving and to be able to go through this with another human. So just have that that love and to be able to uh, have you know, a kind of good time in the in the midst of this life-changing experience. So I'm grateful for that.
0: As you know, Rachel, I don't believe your boyfriend exists because I've never met him. So,
1: But that was a nice story, I'm right? Really,
0: yeah, I'm really grateful that your imaginary boyfriend is so fully sketched for you and so fully realized and so positive.
1: <laughs> Krishna, Krishna has a story now that... I keep him in the basement. Krishna, who has met him, has a story that I keep him in the basement as a kind of sex cooking place. That's the way okay. you make things really manifest, grateful. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just here doing a manifestation. <laughs> start exercise. With vision. I'm just here manifesting on the phone with you. <sighs>
0: I'm grateful for that. I'm not a shower person. I'm totally a bath person. And I won't go into much more detail on that, but I love a good bath.
1: Mm. 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 I love a bath. And I actually recommend different kinds of therapeutic baths because I believe so much in their actual medicinal value. And I, again, am piggybacking on one of yours because I'm just going to go into how grateful I am for baths too and how it totally... Can turn my anything around, just makes me feel good, like a rebirth, yes, yes, well, in a centering own time
0: that's very sensuous and at the same time spacey and meditative, and yeah, that reminds me I'm grateful for this teacher named Anne Marie Colbin. She started uh, in New York City the natural what's it called the natural gourmet cookery school which is one of the first whole foods plant-based cooking schools at the time. And she taught this class all about water and how water heals, but it wasn't sort of drink lots of water. It was the very old school European remedies that her grandmother would have used to like reduce fever or she's, you know, put your feet in cold water, put your feet in hot water, put your forearms in cold water, put your forearms in tepid water, whatever it was, like these crazy remedies, which obviously weren't crazy at all. They were how to balance different energy in the body. It was like, you know, acupuncture by water in a way to stimulate different meridians, change the chi. And I'll never forget that class. I forget almost all of the information. I just don't, I I haven't forgotten how much my mind was blown by it and how simple using the elements can be and how powerful using the elements can be.
1: Mm. So Anne-Marie Colbin. I love those people who you know are like real, it's like they're bringing you that old medicine woman stuff. When you know that it's like, Mm. it's just stuff that somebody was doing with their grandkid, handed down. I feel that way. I have a lot of the books of um, Hildegard of Bingen. Don't know her. Hildegard of Bingen was considered the first homeopath Um, Uh. in the 1400s. She was, at first, she was in a nunnery from like age eight and had all these visions and just became the saint and also a homeopath and I don't agree with all of the medicine she's talking about or the way the food things and this like some of it you're like it's really out there but I also think that it's out there because it changes that different times call for different things anyway But I am super grateful for those, like, handed down medicinal traditions, whether the medicine is, like, a bath or a a kind of a food or God bless castor oil packs. I could sit and, like, read those books for days, those books that come out of somebody just, like, handwriting it out.
0: Yeah, that brings me to macrobiotics. I mean, here's a way of eating and lifestyle and just looking at the world energetically through the lens of yin and yang, expansion, mm-hmm. contraction, um, you know, alkalinity, acidity, sodium, potassium, like whatever way you want to, whatever labels you want to put on it, it's a way of perceiving nature and aligning with nature that I have found entirely satisfying for 30 years. And I have failed it meaning I have practiced imperfectly and, you know, gone into denial and forgotten all about it for sometimes months at a time. But it has never failed me.
1: Mm -hmm. Like every
0: time I've come back to the power of whole foods, principally grains, like lots of seaweed and miso and a variety of vegetables, like every time I come back to that way of eating, I'm stunned by the power of it and how quickly my body shifts, how quickly I align with it, and how humbled I am by the power
1: of the food. Very grateful for that. I am sitting there listening to you and looking out one of my windows and I'm having such gratitude for the trees and the, just there's a hummingbird and the, the nature, and but really trees, and getting to learn and watch And from a more still place, what their day is like. They're usually much Mm. more of a background, right? And now, Mm. like, you know, I'm at home doing phone sessions all the time. And so I just sit and I look out this window. And, like, my intimacy with these trees have really upped, upped a notch or two. And I am deeply grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I was on a Zoom meeting with my three sisters the other day, and one of them who's very busy, two kids big job. She was like, I'm really noticing stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what's been curbed for her is like for me, the social stuff, the plans you make after work, the, you know, all the stuff that keeps you out of the house. And now she's contained and lives in a beautiful, lush neighborhood in Toronto. And she was like, I'm really noticing all the nature stuff. And just hearing that she was noticing it doubled my pleasure in my noticing it It was just so cool it was like yeah we're meant to do that or we have a relationship with these
1: things it's really there i really am grateful for this time to slow down i find that like so much of my practice is encouraging people to bring things into their life that help slow them down and get more connected to themselves and perhaps what they really want rather than what they're really doing and I think that holds true for me though too we live in a society that if you're not living totally off the grid there's really not a lot of ways to not get caught up in it somehow in terms of busyness or routine and I'm I'm like I can't wait to see truly like what's on the other side of this for everybody. I hope that the fear part doesn't get so big that people just freak out and go to the other side of, you know, but that we really understand this as like a, an opportunity to, to choose differently for people who have the privilege to look at this as an opportunity, even though it's a scary opportunity, but change is never not going to be scary, I think. Mm. And so I'm just grateful for this reset button. And there's a lot of parts of me that are like, this this could be really groovy um, Mm -hmm. on the other side. So here's to hoping. Mm -hmm.
0: In my room, I'm looking at a hat that I own. It's sort of a, a straw hat. I got this hat originally in a Whole Foods in Florida like five years ago. And I lost it and I ordered two more off the internet. And then I managed to lose both of those within about six months. Anyway, so I lose things.
1: a lot. Mm-hmm. But
0: sometimes there are material things that I really care about enough that I replace them. Anyway, I currently have one of these hats before I lose it, which I will. Mm-hmm. I just want to appreciate it out loud for the people.
1: And maybe somebody listening to this will find it when you lose it and be able to do it back to you.
0: <laughs> we shall see.
1: I am sitting at a cou- on a couch and in front of me is a chest that belonged to my grandmother. Um, it's a wooden chest that I love and I'm so grateful for. And my grandmother, probably starting in her 80s, she started putting Post-its on everything of like who got what. Mm-hmm. And then oh, she yeah. proceeded to live until she was 103, um, but she kept wow. like posting everything. I don't know how I got this chest, but I am always grateful that I get to sit and look at this chest and be reminded of my grandmother, who was a quite a force field in my life.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm grateful for my paternal grandmother. And she was this very proper British woman who, when we went over to her house, had a box of buttons, and they were in a box from a store in Toronto named Holt Renfrew, which was quite a proper women's clothing store. Mm
1: -hmm. And you'd
0: open up the Holt Renfrew box, and she had maybe 100 buttons, and some of them had like big sequins on them and you know faux gems and some you know it was just like all the buttons she'd ever collected as an adult probably from you know the extra buttons you get when you buy a garment and stuff that fell off things and as a little little kid like three or four years old all you had to do was open this box of buttons on her carpeted floor and I would be transfixed for hours looking at them, playing with them, sorting them, admiring them. I just to this day I remember the button box. And that was Uh my Randy Porter. I mean she had other ways of amusing us, but that was that was primary. It was like the reason to go to her house.
1: Isn't that funny? Those people's houses that you remember from when you were little and the things they had for you to play with them. I'm that's making me think of my my cousin Joanne, who was like an more of an aunt or grandmother, but was cousin by relation, and she lived in Connecticut. She had this book. She had two things in her house that I want to be grateful for. The first thing was that she had you could open a closet, a closet in the second floor bathroom, and it had a chute down to the basement for laundry. And so as a Mm. four-year-old, this was just the most miraculous thing I could ever even imagine. I would get there, and I'd want to go immediately up to the second-floor bathroom and start throwing things down the chute. (laughs) She also had, I mean, the life of an only child. She also had a book, and it's that book of gnomes, the gnome book. Do you know of this book? Oh, yes yes so when you're little and you're introduced to something like for many years i thought i was the only person who knew of it and then like in my 20s somebody said something about the gnome book and i was like how do you know about the gnome book like i thought that my cousin joanne like that that was just at her house for me and i would sit and i would just look at it and it I think it was probably one of the books that prompted me to read finally, because I was so curious about what the word said. Somebody mm-hmm. gave me a gnome book a couple of years ago because I shared how much this meant to me. And the funny thing is, is that most of the words are about remedies and homeopathy. And like, wow. so when you're a kid, yeah, you see these pictures of these gnomes and I'm like, Completely transfixed. So, yeah, My Cousin Joanne, The Laundry Shoot, and The Gnome Book, all in one. All in one.
0: Nice. Which reminds me of Maurice Sendak and Where the Wild Things Are. Uh Where the Wild Things Are, especially because that little boy is naked in a couple of the pictures, and you're just as Mm -hmm. a little kid being like, oh, my God,
1: he's naked, he's naked, he's naked. But what
0: fantastic, fantastic books he wrote. So oh let's just God. say
1: Maurice Sendak. Was Sesame Street as big in Canada as it yes. is in the U.S.? Okay, so yes. my, I loved Sesame Street, obviously, as most small children do. And I thought Maria. Was Maria on Sesame Street when you were watching? Yes. Maria was my idol. So my mom is and was a dancer and so i would when i was little go to a lot of her dance classes with her and so it involved you know going to some townhouse apartment building or whatever that you had all these dance studios and you run up the stairs like four flights of stairs so there i am my mom's pulling me up with my you know my little hands trying to get me to walk faster and she's running up these stairs and coming down the stairs in her dance outfit is Maria from Sesame Street and I I must have gasped and my poor mom was like probably in a rush and like I just stopped and stared and I was like just gasping Mm. and Maria stopped and was wonderful to me and but that was like to this day my biggest celebrity sighting was Maria (laughs)
0: But I, I'm surprised guess, you even know yeah. TikTok exists.
1: How old do you think I am, Jessica Porter? Well,